0: Trophy in the hood, ay. Wish a Push the nigga with the Bottom of the net. My bottom of the net. Now I'm feeling good, eh? Now nigga on a uh-huh. came a long way.
1: If I had a wall, freed up for the nigga, my mim, she out while we slide. Go up in the house, cut this shit get right. I'm out if we hear sirens. I'm gonna be on death road just like sure night now. I stand ten toes. I'm not no buster seen about a winko. Worked on my jumper. Baby know I'm harder than the city in the summer. Finally house I got to tell her All that rambling being said. My dog. How you doing this Monday? You hanging in there?
0: I'm good man. Another day, more glory. Um uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here man. I think this it's been a lot going on in the world. Um, lost a lot of souls over the weekend. Rest in peace to everybody that was involved in that senseless act of racist uh, violence. Um, We got to do better as as a people, as a community. Um, Our government needs to (laughs) get their heads out of, you know where it is, and we have got to have some change. Um, But I'm good on a personal note. Started off the week strong. So um, I'm looking forward to keeping that momentum going, man. What about you?
1: That's good. Yeah, that, that news is very disappointing. Obviously, we don't have the time to get into the nuance of it, but uh, evil is out here. That that could take two three hours, of three hours, ten years of podcasting to break down why that man did what he did. The bottom line is, like you said, it was senseless. It was evil, and my heart's out to everybody out in Buffalo. That is just trash behavior. Worse than trash. I don't even know what to say about it without getting mad. So, yeah, man, heart's out to them, man. Shit's sad. But, um, you know, you can try to heal, watch some basketball, a weird slate this week. Not sure where to really start, but I know where actually we should have started. Welcome to the Bottom of the Net. I am your co-host, Chris Best. Give me on Twitter at ChrisXBest for all my takes, good and bad. Uh, I'm joined with my co-host, Tyler Dandridge. Killing it out here. Uh, so, yeah, man, we got we got some good shit. You want to go East Coast
0: or West Coast first with these Game 7s? Oh, man. Let's uh Let's let's RP, uh to Chris Paul, man. I think we gotta all start right. with the West. Coast. Let, let's, all right, let
1: me put out this Chris Paul packet. and us finish smoking up real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that wasn't that was a stunner. That was one of those ones that I was kind of like looking at my man's like, "Is this really happening right now?" Like, first and foremost, I called the mouse before the series, and I bet heavily on the mouse for Game Seven. So financially, I was very happy, happy about halftime. Putting like you'd be surprised how much money you can make putting ten bucks in the mouse to win by ten plus. I did it on a whim, but yeah. hey. Shout out Jalen Brunson. Shout out Luca. Shout out some Spencer steaks. Dinwiddie. Yeah. <laughs> shout out for the free Bonchon they paid for. <laughs> uh, shout <laughs> out how Bonchon. Um. But yeah, yeah, bro. Just uh, just an embarrassing situation all around. I really we got the quad injury news after the fact. That does explain why Chris Paul has been absolutely terrible since he turned thirty-seven. I, this is one of those losses that's gonna make you soul search. This is one of those ones. There's no point in watching the film. Season's over. There's no point in, in uh, pointing the finger and, and, and casting blame on anybody. The fact of the matter was, the Mavs were mentally and physically prepared to do things. The Suns just weren't. Jason Kidd had those boys ready to go. Luka set the tone early. Very early, hitting tough shots. Had their first eight points. Showed no fear. And I'm going to call it like I see it, man. The Suns look shook. The whole team looked shook. Um, Booker just was not looking right. Going the ball like like turn like directly ten year old level turnovers, like pass to the top of the key, intercepted easily type shit. Like things I didn't think Booker would do. Uh, Aiden played seventeen minutes. He's having his own thing going on. We can get into that later. Mental health seems like I, I mean, when asked about it, Monty didn't want to go into it. Booker uh said he, he read about the mentals first more than anything involving contract situation, which is never, you know, I'm not trying to sit here and roast Aiden if he's going through it mentally. We've had no details. He never spoke with the media has spoken with coach Monty Williams since after the loss. So I'm not sure what's up with the Aiden thing. I, that's just strange. He got benched and never really came back. Um, Chris Paul played like shit. Bridges played like shit. The whole team collectively shit the bed. And I just didn't see that coming. Like I thought the man would win this game. Um, but not for a second in my life that I think it would be a 40 point. Like I just didn't think that could even happen in the modern NBA. I yeah. just didn't think you could lose that bad. I mean, 37 points and a half is criminal. 27 or 37? 30, it's 27. 20. <laughs> 27. Sorry, sorry. 27. Yeah. Point. That's even, I've, that's, that's concerning. When Luca outscores your a, a whole team by himself in the first quarter or first half, even that, that just, I don't even know what to say this is one of those losses that's so bad. I I don't know if I can exaggerate enough to describe how bad it is. This is the kind of thing that shakes the whole team. Every player in this team is looking at themselves now, and they got some explaining to do, and they got some souls to search, or they got a lot they got to account for.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, to your point, I think a lot of talk, a lot of discussion before the series started it was, and we both had the two of our own horns because you know having Mavs in general. Uh, in your case, Mavs in seven was still a pretty gutsy pick, you know, but I think we both agreed that Luka Doncic is the best player in the series. The question, though, that remained was who's going to be the better team, especially in a seven-game series where it's essentially a coin flip. However, when you're playing in Phoenix, you know, the odds are going to tilt in favor of, you know, the better quote-unquote team. But what we saw from the Mavericks is that they are a well-owned machine. I mean, I think that Jason Kidd is just got to get a ton of credit for the defensive adjustments he was able to make after they were able to get Kristaps out the paint and they could just continue to allow their offense to run around Luka, allow him to go Mitch match hunting, allow him to do those vacuum down in the posts, force shoot a double situations, especially against a smaller guard in Chris Paul, who, again, was hurt. But on the defensive side, they basically said, hey, anybody but Booker, we're going to throw shadow double teams at mm-hmm. you. We're going to trap you on play this pick and roll. We're going to blitz you occasionally. We're going to be super physical with you. I love Dorian Finney-Smith as a rotation guy. I think he's sneakily probably one of the most important, you know, three and D rotation uh, switch defenders in the NBA right now. And that's something that probably a lot of people weren't saying before the season. So this has been a huge proving year for him in time where he already kind of got paid. And you can kind of make the case that he probably, you know, has earned himself a little bit more money, right? But I think that the Mavs proved that they were the team. I mean, plain and simple, Aiden gets in foul trouble at times, but this wasn't one of those situations. I think that there's a lot going on behind the scenes in the locker room and probably with him, like you mentioned to the mental health uh, nod, that it just reared his ugly head in the worst possible situation, right? Chris Falls hurt, DeAndre Aiden's mentally checked out, and they just double team Booker. So I don't know how they're going to score. You know, Bridges is going to be able to create off the dribble for you. They have no backup center that I trust. Bismack Beyondbo in 2022 is not going to get it for you. You know, like shout out to uh, shout out to uh, mean a uh, Patino game. You know, like Charles Barkley's not coming out to, to the stands, Dan for Marley's you, bro. not coming you out to those
1: stands for you. Dan
0: Marley is not coming out the those stands, bro. Chucky Acker
1: is not coming out of those stands for you. <laughs> we should go back and forth for a little bit, bro. Sean Murray <laughs> like... is not coming back to those stands for you, bro.
0: Boris, let me stop. Deandre Barbosa <laughs> <laughs> oh, is not coming out of those stands for you.
1: PJ Tucker from 2015
0: <laughs> is not coming out of those stands for you. Amari Studemar, 20 and 10. You have nothing. So, to me. Chris is not coming out of those questions. stands. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, no, not, Q Rich. My not, bad. Not, not. I, so, I can do this so, all now. I'm sorry. Oh, Q Rich is a good I, Th- Thank you. I thank you. Good pull. The, the issue is that, again, Lucas hurted himself. He made sure that he was going to get it done. He came out hungry in that game. You know, eight points in the first quarter, in the first two minutes. He looked like a man that was not going to be deterred from the prize that he wanted. 27 points and a half. I mean, it was looking bad. I, a huge credit has to go to Spencer Dinwiddie. He was cooking from the jump. Four threes in the first half. He showed that he can be a spark plug off the bench and be a mismatch problem. And to be honest, I mean, he's probably going to play a huge role eventually when we talk about this next series because I think him and Brunson are going to be the key cogs that get them over the edge if possible. You know, it's going to be a long series. Again, another toss-up where you're questioning who's the better player and who's a better team. But I think potentially Luca could win out that contest in some stretches where they're just going to mismatch an ISO hunt on Steph, probably even Clay to some respect as well. And the big question is okay, if you break even or plus one or two in those minutes, what do you do when Lucas off the floor? That's the biggest question. When Lucas off the floor, can you generate offense? Can you get to the free throw line? And and how are you gonna be when you know we try to take Brunson off the floor? So Spencer he can, can play like he did in that game seven, man. 30 points. First time, you know, two players have had 30 plus points since Shaq and Kobe. Shout out to the GOATs. Um, it's 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 crazy. I didn't see it coming. I picked Mavs, but I didn't think it was gonna happen this way. Definitely not plus 30, plus 40 going into the fourth quarter thinking if they were going to get up 50, like that's not a question you think that you're going to have to answer <laughs> in game seven of a semifinal Western Conference matchup. So I was surprised to say the least, but man, shout out to them boys. Shout out to Jason Kidd, shout out to Luca. And uh, obviously big fan to Dorian Finney-Smith and glad he's doing it all, man, putting it on off the 7.7. So shout out.
1: Yeah. Shout out Dorian Finney-Smith. He had an incredible series. He did his job to the highest degree. Without him, they don't get this far. And that's point blank period. He's been there. switchiest guy their go-to sick of dude on him kind of guy. He's going to do a great job on Clay next series. I you can see it. Um, but he's the kind of dude, if he's hitting, like, I, spoiler, I have Mavericks beating the Warriors next round. Sorry. And it's because <laughs> of their uh, just collective of, of shooting. When Bertans is giving you those three, we talked about the last pod. and Bertans is hitting like that, and Cleveland's hitting like that, and Finney's hitting like that, and Reggie Bullock is hitting like that you're fucked. It's just nothing you can do because Luca can generate so many open attempts for guys. He demands so much attention. He has that, you know, You know a player Luca reminds me of that's it, not really mentioned a lot, but they actually have similar games in weird ways. Oh, yeah. Please guess. Yeah, I see you thinking. Give me a guess. You're not going to guess 80s? it. 80s? No, contemporary right now. Player oh, right now.
0: Playing currently or Plan, playing
1: currently right now. Small forward. I'm not going to get it. It's Kyle Anderson.
0: Mm, Luca so has a cow. very
1: bro when he gets into that paint, his euro steps yeah. is like like he got the whole team on that and one in the, in the third quarter. Hit up uh, with that came in, hit the herky jerky step back game, came into the league. I mean, came into the lane, shoo, just completely decelerated for that first yeah. step. Whole team like jumps in there. One second step, swoop, float up, yeah. caught the contact, and one. Luca's a villain, bro. By the way, he a villain. You seen that clip of them saying he a European dude who learned how to speak English in the league? It's right. that clip of Luca going, God damn. <laughs> He's like, he, he like a brother. And he then he like would a talk, rex, yeah. He, he said, God damn. <laughs> it's amazing. And then it's that clip of him talking shit after game five. He was like, Everybody talk tough when they up. And what happened? Mans came through and executed. So first and foremost, give all the credit to Luca. But uh yeah, the way he gets to the rim and the way he can create for the rest of that team empowers this team. And they had the best player in the series. I'm not sure what Booker was on. Minus 41. Um had 11 points and only and got most of his buckets when it didn't matter anymore. And Chris Paul. You told me this man averaged 5.6 assists and 3.8 turnovers. Would, but dude, Marcus Smart? No, no, no. This is Chris Paul we're talking about. Sorry, Marcus, for the strike. I'm just well, actually, we're going to war right now, so it's fuck Marcus Smart, respectfully. We're going to war. Um, so yeah, man, I just i'm really bummed out uh to see just the level of play from chris paul and i, I mean i knew something probably was off because the way he was playing like it wasn't like he had some stinkers he consistently played pretty poorly i mean single digit scoring from a guy of his caliber who can get to his mid-range whenever he wants i could tell something was off but it wasn't to the point where like it was so blatant like a hardened hamstring situation or cow lowry hamstring where he's like okay he's blatantly in it um not able to go but this bad news all around. This is—I don't even want to keep hammering this point, but I've never seen a loss this bad from a team this good. Never. I mean, I've been watching basketball twenty years. I ain't never seen a team this good lose this bad. That's probably the worst. Given every situation, given the, the scenario, playoff level we're at, the game seven—I've worst loss I've ever seen before in my life. I want to say right now it's the worst loss I've ever seen. 2011 finals against the Mavericks, that game LeBron had like 16 points, 14 points, was up there, one of the worst losses I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, 07 Mavs losing to uh, the Warriors with some pretty, pretty bad shit. Um, you know, I've seen some bad losses, but I've never seen a team that was effectively 70 and 20 over these 90 games be down 30 at half in a game seven like you could have told me put the red on it i would have said no way they might lose the game but 30 points at half sounds fake 27 points that's that's as bad as it gets and everybody tricked it miles bridges trying to get some pick and roll pull-ups going you know as the, as the ball handler aiden tried to get a little something going but just no one had it and and no one that's what hurts me about booker he's a disciple of kobe at no point did he think, give me the fucking ball, I'm getting some shots up.
0: Like, even well, if he look, star-
1: I, even if he missed I'm, it, he, he didn't even go out swinging. He, he went outside. I not going to be a
0: book or an apologist, but if you go back and look at it, he probably had three open shots all night. And open meaning there's only one person contending. Like, like no, I think you're right. Two a- on the ball he takes as the- soon as he got it. As soon as he touched the ball. If you walk across half court, you're going to see two bodies every time. Which, again, if you can play off of a center that can't do anything, when Aiden was off the floor, you can just double basically. You can double when he doesn't even have the ball. Yeah,
1: no one is worried about it's not Beyond Biyombo and Javale <laughs> McGee. God bless. Same thing. Like I respect Javale, but he's not making his own shot. You know, you're not. You're not. If you're Phoenix, you're not happy with Javale getting ten shot attempts in the first half. Not to say he did, but I, I would be, you're right. I'm I'm being hard sure. on Book, but 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 he had looks. He had chances and blew them. And it's ways to be aggressive off the ball to get the ball back and get them things up. You being told me, Mama would have did that. That's, this is a guy who's not even a big Kobe guy, reportedly. Yeah. Mama yeah. wouldn't go out like that. I'm sorry, it just, just, it just, nah. it wouldn't happen like that. And Booker's only 6'5", so yeah. I don't want to be too mean, but yeah. come
0: on, dog. Right, right. I, I think that there's another thing about this as well, though, because you know, CP3 has been their engine in a way that when you take him out of that role, I don't, I don't see another guy that they can just insert into that and say, okay, let's play Suns basketball. Two to the, of one degree. I was surprised, like others, that campaign basically got snatched from the last couple of series in, in, in huge minutes. I mean, 14 minutes a game essentially was what it was in a regular season. And those were drastically reduced. Now, again, campaign is no Chris Paul, but they don't have another guy that they can put into that role and say, all right, you're going to be our primary shot creator. You know, Bridges can't really create a shot to dribble. Cam Johnson's not really doing that for you. I think if you're just going to double Booker and and force other players to beat you, it's it's a great strategy. Like, to to be honest, I think so much more credit needs to be given to Jason Kidd. I know that it it looks like Chris Paul sold, but Booker was forcing double teams. So, like, I, I understand a loss, now 30 points. That's where it's like, all right, at a certain point, you're expecting somebody to assert themselves. To your point, go Kobe, like, get yourself to the free throw line. Make some easier shots for somebody else, like you know, get something going towards the rim. I get it, but man, if you don't have anybody setting up any other guys, and, and you're being doubled on the perimeter, it's a it's a tough way to win, especially especially against those boys, man. And I'll say this too, you know, uh, a lot was said about Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, I think you know sneakily they got some dogs on the perimeter, man. In in Dallas, they got some guys that are really going to commit to locking up and playing defense and not letting you, you know, just to get your shots off so i'm looking forward to that you know like we already said that warrior series i think it's going to be really interesting who guards the staff who do they put on clay i think it would be interesting to see you know dorian finney smith switch on a couple of those people luke is probably going to be guarding draymond because he's not going to guard him at all uh, it's, it's going to be a chess match no
1: they problem. only have two plus defenders in my eyes that's Kleber and dorian finney smith brunson's i'll be kind of an average Luca is below average, but that's fine, giving his work low. But he's still six foot eight, so he can compete. And he, he competed better. Like, after they, they were, that's the, that's the thing about Phoenix sucks. They were up 2-0, bro. But then to lose this series, they had to lose four of their, of their next five games, and they did. That's insanity, brother. That's that's just insanity, man. But, yeah, I, I think Brunson's going to be on Steph, which is, you know, if he can play Steph to a draw, Dallas is definitely one in the series, but I don't see that happening. Steph's too good. You, could, you put Dorian Finney Smith on clay, and if Poole gets hot, put him on Pool, let the other guy defend the rest. We can talk about uh the Golden State series. Fuck it. So how much Looney do we see in this series, in your opinion? And if oh, we don't man. I mean, because like that's a question you have to ask yourself, because yeah. Looney's on the court, why would you not just switch and get Luka on him consistently? And then just if they double, they got shooters. If you don't double, that's barbecue chicken. So but if you play with you know Jay Mond at the five all series long. That's not going to be a long-term thing for success, in my opinion. So
0: what you got for that? No, I mean, I think he's going to be um, a two-game starter. And then game three through however many we end up playing, he's probably going to play drastically reduced minutes, if not probably get some DMPs. I think that, you know, Kerr's actually going to be a bit innovative. I don't think he's going to do it to start. But I do believe Kaminga is going to play some big minutes on a stretch of some of these games, especially closing minutes. Is he um, ready? Draymond. Probably he's not, so, but he's so options. They have no other options.
1: Yeah, Iguodala, Like or Anderson? No, no Juan, yeah, Juan T is good, but ain't no way, boy, boy, ain't no way, boy. They really, really would have missed uh, young, young Payton, young, uh, young, young, young Payton the yeah. second. So, yeah. the problem for me is you're gonna have Andrew Wiggins the primary defender on Luca, and and Wiggins is a good athlete. He's handsy. He's probably above average on defense, but he's not. Like if I could pick ten guys to guard Luca, he's not even coming to mind, you know. So if your best option on Luca is going to be Andrew Wiggins, although Porter has a uh, a bum whatever, he's not healthy right now. Porter didn't like play a little bit in Game Five, didn't even play Game Six. That's not good when a guy comes back and doesn't come back the second game. It means he's not in a good place, honestly, to be reliable. And then Andre Iguodala is also hurt. He's thirty-eight years old. If they were to play Phoenix. Always got in the series would have been Chris Paul, it have been dollar. That's how old dollar is, respectfully. Um, so I just don't like the idea of the only options you have on the best player in the league, arguably, is Andrew Wiggins and a little bit Jamon Green. Is Clay on Luca is barbecue chicken, let's be honest. Steph on Luca would be the same thing happened to happened Chris Paul, it'd be a little little different because Steph's taller, but probably weaker than Chris Paul, because Paul's strong as hell, let me just be clear. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, man. I I think we're on the same page picking the Mavs because honestly, if the best option you have is switching with Andrew Wiggins on Luca, you're cooked. Having Draymond at the five all series long, and they got Kleber and Powell, you're cooked. Uh, I I think Luca takes the series over and makes LeBron ass run to the finals. I think this Mavs team's ahead of schedule given the roster, but if you can get this from Brunson and Dinwiddie, you're in a good place because it's gonna come down to the X factor battle of Poole versus Dinwiddie. In a weird way, I kind of trust uh, Dinwiddie. More than pool on veteran experience, but I think pool can explode more readily than Dinwiddie can explode. You know what I mean? He's the better shooter and yeah. I mean, fast, a faster player. He he he, ha- he can get to his bag much more. But then has been in big games, too, not as many as you would think was a guy's age, but he's been in big games, too. And then that last night was as big as it gets as a player. And he had. He
0: was not scared. He, he was,
1: bro, jacking. Like, that's <laughs> the, like, he's, it's Marcus Marsinger. And the best thing about Spencer dealing with is he will not pass in jack. the Worst thing about him is he would not pass in jack. Uh, but last night they needed it because they, they, it was like their Mavs were up 10. It was kind of back and forth. But then Luka and Spencer said enough and just started shitting. And Spencer just started getting them things up. He's not even a great shooter, but he had no problem shooting. And when this three point shot falls, it's over. He's shifty as hell with a great inside game. So yeah, man. I think Brunson, Dimwoody, and Luca are probably gonna outplay Clay, Steph, and Poole. Is that unfair to say? I mean, especially given the clay version we saw in game six. Game six clay is different. But am I wrong to say that the Mavs three guards are better than the Warriors three guards? I mean, it's close, but what what do you think about the that comparison there?
0: I mean, it's tough to say better. Um, I think it's definitely a conversation, I, and, and here's something we kind of touched on. Earlier. This, version this, of kinda, this, this version of Clay. This version of Clay is drastically reduced. The biggest thing that's different about this version is that, in terms of defensive contributions, he's not going to be able to lock down any team's primary, and 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 that was one of his best calling cards. So when you look at that matchup, when you talk about Wiggins as a screen navigator, I think he is a great athlete, but it's more up and down, not laterally. So his ability to really slide. And either go over, hopefully, and not go under those screens mm. on Luca, that, that's kind of the deceptiveness of, of him as a as a defender, where it's like you see him jump off the screen and through the page, and you're like, all right, he can guard Luca. But then when you watch his feet he's stuck in the mud and pretty stagnant, I think that's really gonna struggle. So I think the biggest question is at what point is is Kerr gonna show Luca the ultimate respect and say, we're gonna double team? I think that's the question. You know, when are they gonna just straight up say, we're taking you off the floor? which is the hardest thing for coaches to do in some um, times, because basically we're saying is that our defense isn't good enough to stop you. And this which is a great probably, defense. It is, but I don't know if, if Kerr's going to concede his defense isn't good enough to stop Luca. So it's probably going to take a couple games, right? They're going to probably play, you know, all right, Wiggins go hard over, we're going to view contests, we're going to bring our hedger up, you know, make Dre blitz, do some crazy things, and then probably they're going to lean into the switching occasionally when Dre's off the floor or they have a really interesting matchup. But I don't think it's going to work i think eventually game three four five they're going to end up showing shadow doubles you know denying the ball not letting him get into any of those back you down you know magic johnson post-ups and let him just pass out of them those are the situations that you're going to look to and say all right kerr hey (laughs) this is the only time you're not playing Giannis. you know you're not playing tatum it's luca now so can you take him off the floor that's that's going to be the biggest question and again i just don't think that they're going to be able to do that consistently so uh, yeah, the questions of, of Dinwiddie are, are huge. Can he be better than Poole? Can he win that matchup? Second level creating, can he get to the rim, get to the free throw line when Luka's off the floor? You know, I don't think that the Warriors have played too many teams late in the playoffs where if you take their primary off the floor, there's another guy that can capably beat you. And again, obviously you can think of, you know, LeBron and Kyrie, but this is a little bit different because, you know, Dinwiddie's not a starter. He's a non-traditional, you know, closing lineup guy. Whereas, on well, most teams he probably could be a finisher but for this team he's great coming off the bench great in that role um so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do man but yeah clay steph it's hard to vote against them with the spurt ability they can be down 12 and then up to in two minutes um so yeah, i don't know it's i think it's gonna be a seven series either way but um yeah i, I picked the mavericks too man i think you have the best player and i think seen seems defense is it's resilient it's switchy they have an interesting combination of length and you know uh Some some rotational diversity. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm going maths We're going we're going <laughs> we're going to be adjacent in that one and see how that say our roles. That
1: that's the problem. If you have a lineup that's let's say Kleba, Bertans, Bullock, and Brunson, you want double Luca? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to give Bertans a bunch of open threes? cleaver a bunch of open threes? I wouldn't do that. Yes, Th- yes,
0: that's... I definitely want to give Bertans open threes.
1: You really do. <laughs> Uh, if yes. and Barton, if, if, if Bartons
0: you... all the open threes. So if Grant think, I think Barton's is the worst player in the NBA. No, stop. Stop. He's no, no. Go watch no, his minutes. No, no, no. He, the... he, he takes the most terrible. Okay, go back to the game last night, right? Mm-hmm. he In the second quarter, he was in the game for 25 seconds. He took a contested step back three and followed it up on the very next play with a 33 footer. Both of them clanked off the back iron. He. He's so bad at basketball. <laughs> he 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 does. He he had. he's like a
1: 6 foot 11 lot being JR Smith.
0: He's I don't know what he's country he's so, from. He's the only player that I would let shoot over threes. Yeah, okay, no,
1: okay, You need to stop. So you rather him <laughs> shoot open threes than Dwight Powell?
0: No, nah, I'm just I'm just messing around. I think the but, worst
1: player in the league is Russell Westbrook. Everyone knows this.
0: First of all. All right, let's so, not I, go I, 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 right. Let's
1: You're right. On. You're right. It's it's not Russell Westbrook. It's a guy. Who's rating actually, on Tuesday, it's actually, it's
0: a, what is it? Three. No, it's not. It's a 73. No, it's I cut not. the game off. <laughs> Dog.
1: Actually, I got dubbed by the Lakers in 2K two days ago. Shout out my boy Jake. I did this, I did his podcast, the Incompetent Sports Report, and he pays me back by beating me in 2K. I wanna, I wanna wait, I wanna cop up, please. I wanna uh I do wanna say that we're playing um I hate sound so bougie. We're playing current gen. I play next gen, oh, and yeah. it sounds dumb. But the P four and P five difference play they play different. If he on my home yeah. team, I think I would have got the dub. I used Denver, yeah. I had Jamal and Porter, but you know that team that's it's a weird team. I ain't used them all year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm copying excuses. Shout out Jake, good GG. Gigi. G- Do you but, know
0: how many players have higher than the seventy three rating? Bro, seventy three okay? is
1: <laughs> like actively bad. Like back in the day, seventy three meant you were a rotation guy. You're pretty good. Two K strict yeah. now, because back in the day, two K a ninety minute you were a superstar. A fringe superstar a 80 meant you're a fringish all-star you're pretty good 70 meant your rotation got fighting for minutes and everything in between filling the gaps russ before this season i looked at him as like an 81 80 given the circumstances i put him at like a 77 76 right now like he's still like a good player but you're right though he's not finishing well we can't shoot not defending well why should he be higher than the 73 i mean honestly like, honestly, it's it's, a, it's really sad. It, really it, is. Is.
0: <laughs> it is, it is. It, it's tough. But he's, hes I don't think he's worse than Davis Bertans. So
1: just oh, throw it out there. <laughs> on, on, oh yeah, I'd rather have Russ than Bertans on my roster. Although, if the Lakers had Bertans and not Russ, they'd probably be better off this year. I'm just saying. Let, let, let's hate real quick. Let's get let's get in our Patrick Beverly Gucci bag real quick. Oh uh, um, Who is the worst player in the NBA? And why per, is it Bobo on a Permanent Bobo? basis. And why is it Bobo? <laughs> No, shout out right,
0: Bobo. will slander that's not slander, Bobo. I'm actually sneakily, I have some, uh, some stock on Bobo. It's just sitting under the kitchen counter. Just, oh, so you wait, you're waiting. on Bobo
1: Island. Y'all I'm, got plumbing over there. I'm
0: so in on Bobo y'all, y'all got plumbing in Bobo Island? Or y'all, since,
1: y'all have since like his, outhouses.
0: His, uh, since his modern day days, I've been waiting for his, uh, point center abilities to be shown in full display, but they are not getting their chance at all. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's, it's oh, going to take a while. Worst player. Tony, Tony Snell. Tony Snell for a long time didn't miss a free throw, so I don't know if I can, if we can, if I can say that,
1: bro. But having a zero 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 game is not—it's not called a Chris best. It's called a Tony Snell. All right, that's that's pretty rough, bro. Like Danny Green the other night was like he almost had a Snell game. Like if your name is synonymous with not doing shit in the court, (laughs) you might be a
0: player. (laughs) Danny Green, another player who's almost
1: washed. He is almost washed, and you heard about his knee, right? I don't want to hear about that. Well uh I, I hate to say it i don't want to talk about bad about the man who's hurt but i think you've seen last danny green or tore acl at that age bro yeah, that's, that's it. Right. i think he's the career is done but salute danny green man great nba player I'm, as a heat fan this man took my heart and pissed on it that shit hurt Like danny green hurt me badly but at the end of the day he built a very good career for himself off pure hard work he was not an nba player when he first came in the league he couldn't get ticked on a trash calves team and needed shooting badly he couldn't get ticked but he worked in this game, worked in this game, worked in this game, was one of the most lethal fast break. One underrated Danny Green thing is he was an amazing fast break defender. One on twos, one on threes, Chase down blocks prime. Like, two, 2013, 14, 15 on the Spurs, Danny Green was a menace. Yep. He was a fucking menace. So salute Danny Green, hell of a career, man. Danny Green's the kind of guy like our kids won't know about him, but like He's a name, everyone who watched basketball. Oh, hey, Danny Green at of UNC. Yeah, I love Danny Green, man. Any boy can shoot. Like, he'll always be that guy. He'll always be known as a guy who played on a, a bunch of very good teams as, as a hired gun. And for that, Danny Green, pouring out for you. I salute you. Hopefully he comes back. Because who wouldn't want Danny Green as a 10th man? You know? I wouldn't mind having Danny Green
0: on my bench as an OG. And if he's healthy and can be a spot shooter, yeah, he, I would give him some minutes. But he has to be healthy. Yeah, healthy.
1: And, how, and Danny Green is like 36, bro. ACL, that I don't even know what might happen. I don't even know how that works, bro. Uh, but I feel bad. You know Joel feels bad. But we don't got to go into that. I hope he has a long and prosperous future in basketball, whatever he wants to do in life. He got the bag. He deserves it. So if you're a listener of the pod, I hope it's not too much of a shock to know that I'm a Miami Heat fan. And this is the first time that I can remember in a while, like actually having stakes and caring about who plays like being done before somebody else and having to watch who my opponent's going to be that I can remember. I'm sure it's happened before, but either the heat won super early it was a team, that didn't matter. I didn't see it as a threat, but this is a team where no matter who won this game seven between Milwaukee and Boston, I had a feeling in my gut, the heat, were going to be not favorite. Maybe Milwaukee, you know, Middleton might've been favorite back. I don't think so. Cause the honest respect is so high. So, I wasn't sure, one, who he matched up better against, or two, kinda of tied to that first part, who I even wanted to play. I went back and forth and back and forth. Cause I, I was like, if Giannis is in our, our series, he's the best player, not even close. For playing Tatum, well, I think Tatum and Jimmy are right around the same spot. I put Tatum and Jimmy both as like the eighth or twelfth best players in the league, like French top ten guys. But Tatum's on his way up, Jimmy's on his way down just been, given their ages. So, I mean, if Tatum was the best player in this series, it would not surprise me one bit, but the same can be said for BAM. If playoff BAM is equal, and regular season BAM, Tatum's better. Playoff BAM and Tatum are the same guy. Like, not the same player, but like, they, they're they very equal and even. And so, I'm watching this game seven, seeing what's going on, and I'm y'all you know, looking around and, the Celtics team, man, they play hella defense, bro. They play, they play really, really well on that side of the ball. And something I need to say, uh, all four of the final teams left are all the best defenses in the NBA. So I think the Mavs were the worst of the group and they were seventh in the NBA defensive rating. So the Heat, Golden State, and Boston make up the top four best defensive teams. And the Mavs are very good themselves on the defensive side of the ball. So, man, that just goes to show how important a good defense is to a winning team and how if you really want to defend your best. You want to go far, your best, best to defend, learn how to guard guys. So you're probably going to watch two of the best defensive teams in the NBA go at it. So if you're a lover of defense and the schemes that come with it and watching the low man and watching rotations and all that all that fun shit, this is the series for you. You're going to see two teams with deep benches, deep bags, deep options go head-to-head and figure everything out. Um, But me walk before i run i want to salute milwaukee for playing very hard um yannis i thought had a bad game but ended up putting up like 25 29 <laughs> like a Giannis bad game getting redefined before our eyes he's like lebron stage even if he plays bad it's not really bad it's just not like you know dominating but it's still dominant i don't even know Giannis can't have a bad game essentially um but the buzz didn't have enough with middleton I Might even pick this series to go the same way But it would have looked much much different Um, But all credit to the Bucks they didn't really do anything wrong. It's just this Boston team is a buzzsaw And without your second best player Olympian and all-star on your roster. Yeah, you're gonna be a lot worse Yeah, had to do a lot more you had to do a lot more grace now Looked great in the first round against the Bulls, but against the uh, Celtics with better defenders yet. They, they had nothing for him That's that's just what it was um, no one nothing to be ashamed of here. Boston really showed me a lot. That that game six from Tatum, a lot of respect there, man. I already expected Tatum a lot. I was very hard on him in the pie, but if you always heard me bitch about Tatum, it was always like he can be that guy. He can do more. I need to see him do more. And he's doing more. So all all praise due to Tatum. Salute to Milwaukee too. Unlike Phoenix, they have nothing to be ashamed about. <laughs> they played their hearts out and really looked great. So what'd you take away from that game seven? And um You know, moving forward, has Milwaukee didn't do anything? Have they kind of, like, just injury away? Where are you looking at these teams at?
0: Yeah, I mean, so the Game 7 was disappointing. Uh, A couple different reasons, of course. You hope for a close game, not even just for viewership purposes, but for the narrative of both teams. Um, You know, you like to think that after a seven-game series, you would still have to kind of fight it out to see who is really the best team, uh, especially in a Game 7. But it was emblematic that the best shooting team won that series, right? Like, the Boston Celtics three party was what really won. And I thought in this game, what we saw is, you know, the Celtics went out and made 22 threes and um, the Milwaukee Bucks only made four. So, I mean, that alone, the disparity of, of not only shots going down, but the percentage, you know, if you look at their shot chart, the percentage of, of Boston's shots that are coming from the perimeter, as opposed to the Bucks, I mean, they're, they're basically losing that battle, you know, minus 10 every single game. So, you know, with that deficit, Giannis has to be freak. He has to be crazy. He has to elevate himself in ways that, you know, otherwise you wouldn't thought that was humanly possible. But he yeah, had 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists had never been done before. Um, you can, I think you can make a clear argument, like I, I did already, that he's the best player in the world right he, now. He is. MVP it's, it's, or not. He is. He is. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's continued to shine in the fact that this could be a seven-game series when you're second-best player and your primary pick-and-roll threat. In a league that is dominated by pick and roll play, the fact that this could be a seven game series, though they lost by 20, um, I think that just says more about not only how great Giannis is, but also Drew Holiday, though it wasn't pretty, he could do just enough, you know, getting steals and blocks. And offensively, not a, not efficient, but still managing to put up 20 and 10 occasionally. So, yeah, man, I think this Bucks team, in terms of where they go, they just have to get healthy. Um, I picked them to win the series because I thought that with Middleton, they were the better team and they had the better player, Um, especially with Robert Williams out. The biggest question for the Celtics was, you know, do you have enough room protection? Is, you know, Grant Williams and Al Horford at age 30 plus whatever, could they really be enough? And they proved that Robert Williams was a huge linchpin, but without him, they could still kind of put enough around their, their back line. And they were going to do some crazy things on the, on the point of attack to make sure that they stayed out of rotation, which is one of the Celtics greatest additions, right? Cause you know, they're not a team that's going to have that to have four and five different rotations, which that's what Milwaukee was doing all night in the, in the third quarter specifically is that they were always in rotation. Grayson Allen, you know, um, uh, Drew Holiday just chasing rear view contesting and running at guys because they just had enough guys that could create the shots off the dribble and then there are two passes in a swing away from a lot of three. So, yeah, it's it's tough to see the Bucks go out this way, but Giannis did as much as he Um, I think they're going to be fine in the future. They just have to kind of shore up some of their, their their rotation. And then keep in mind, you know, Brooke Lopez missed 90% of the season, you know, so what would they look like if he had had enough time to really, you know, kind of get his feet underneath him? Uh, He was basically a non factor, though, with him not playing down the stretch of both game six and seven in favor of Bobby Porter's, which I thought was a good adjustment. Um, But, you know, I think it says more about the Celtics. Jason Tatum was was crazy in game six. Uh, Jalen Brown has had two great quarters that he basically is willing to them and being their their primary offensive weapon. Um, I think he had two 20 plus point quarters um, in, in this series. So you would love to see that continue going into this heat series. I will say, though. Huge thing you're gonna have to figure out is um, who's guarding Jimmy. <laughs> because um if, if you're gonna allow Tatum to take that matchup or Brown for that matter, they're gonna be a negative because they're just gonna be exhausted. Jimmy Butler is going to work whatever matchup, he's he he gonna has. work you. So I don't know what they're gonna do. It's probably gonna have to be, hey, defended by committee. Yeah, you know, make him shoot, go under every screen. we're never going to let you get to the rim. We're not going to foul you. I think that's great to say, but when you actually have to go and do it, I don't know. The question is, though, for the Heat, the big thing is Lowry. You know, I don't think Oladipo... He's out game one. It's official.
1: He's out game one. One,
0: okay. Okay. Oladipo can do it for seven
1: games, in my opinion. It's just like, he's not a natural point guard. He won't get us that pace we need. He won't set guys up like, like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, he has it at times, but consistently, I don't think he's. In no. my opinion, I don't. I, I don't see him in that role. Um, however, I, I really, really think Tyler Hero could have an emergence. You know, he, he's oh, going to have. There's no. Show. Can, he
1: has to. Like if Jalen <laughs> yeah. Brown's their second best player, getting 25 a night, and Hero's getting he's averaging 14 right now in the playoffs, and he hasn't had to go super yeah. hard, being able to win by committee. But Tyler, we have Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, we have Max Drew. You have so many guys, but Tyler, well, I'm looking at you. You're 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 the prodigal son. You are the one who gave him 37. The same exact team, 37 in a playoff game two years ago. You're a better player now. Sixth man of the year. I need 25 a couple times. Not not every any night, minimum. but but I I think the thing that's going to work to both these teams' advantages is because one, like you said, it was guarding Jimmy. They got Grant. They got uh, Rob Williams. They have you know the, the Jays and even Smart. They can switch any any of their starting five can guard Jimmy admirably. Cause he's not a great three point shooting threat. Well, playoff Jimmy is, so I'm wrong. But um, they have to figure that out. But I'm, I'm with you, man. It's so much on Tyler. Sorry for going on taking your sign for a second and going on a tangent. But you, I couldn't agree more. Tyler Hero has to show. He might. I mean, I want to say he has to because Struce giving you 25. You know what I mean? If the old debugging like we have so many guys and Bam, Bam's a big one too. But please go before I get into Bam because he this is Bam series to fuck up. I this is this is yeah. good, this is the Bam test. Yeah, let no really He's
0: the no best question. big in this series. I mean, his play short role like play playmaking. Oh, yeah, no question. He and he should be, and he has to be. I mean, it was one of the biggest reasons that Aiden was getting a lot of flack because you know, on any given night, you have a clear advantage in the pain versus the Mavs. And the big question was, all right, Aiden, if you want the money, let's go prove it. Be 20 and 10, kill him on the glass, have seven offensive rebounds in a game. And yeah, I think Bam you know, definitely has the ability to do that. You know, I think that his short role playmaking, his ability and willingness to take some of those floaters, some of those like 12, 13 foot push shots, being able to get to the free throw line and really force the pressure and not pass out of those situations. You know, that's going to be a true test of his game and his maturity and kind of his mentality, to be honest, can you be in attack mode? Because if the Celtics have to double bam, or if they have to put, you know, one of their stoppers, potentially, if they have to throw Grant Williams on him for long, that's just another quality defender that can't put on J or they can't be a help defender. So, I mean, I think Bam has a huge role and will for the rest of the series in making sure that, you know, those three point shooters stay open. Um, and, and that's kind of where I was going with it. I think Tyler Hero has to perform. But outside of him, you know, the big question, can Duncan Robinson play at all? Is he going to be a target bait? You know, I like Matt Strews. I think he has ability to defend when he needs to, um, you know, even even a guy like, you know, you mentioned uh, the other twin, <laughs> because Cody Martin, Caleb Martin, I never know who is who. Um, Gabe Vincent, another guy that's like they're yeah, just crappy, you know. <laughs> they're gonna make you fight, but then they're also gonna shoot. I love it. Okay, great, Caleb. So I mean, they just have a ton of options, right? Outside of kind of their their wing primary score in Jimmy Butler. So I don't know, man. The, the Heat or another team again, they can kind of go on these runs. They'll lock you up, PG Tucker. They're just not gonna let you score. They're not gonna foul you. And on the other side of the ball, they can just start spraying threes, just like the Celtics can. So. It's a toss up. I, I My heart's kind of telling me, again, it's always fuck Boston. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like impossible go. for me to pick them. But um I'm, I'm going to go with, you know, who's going to be the most undeniable player in the series. um I think it should be Tatum. I don't think it's going to be because I think Jimmy's going to take so, 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 so much pride into that matchup. And he's eventually, even if he doesn't start our guard Tatum, I think he's eventually going to guard him in, in crunch time. And he's going to take him off the floor. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is going to erase... Jason Tatum. I can't wait to see it again because, like you know, a Laker fan in me. But I do think strategically they have an advantage because they do as well have the most switchy defense. They have a room protector that can guard on the perimeter as well, and I think they're probably going to be able to control the, bo- the boards and the pace and just you know play their style of basketball. So, yeah, man, they're probably going to be a seven gamer. I actually would be more inclined to pick um, the Heat and six, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a good series. So,
1: what's your final pick? Heat and six. I can't buy mother bet you my man. Hey, I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you, Tyler. All right, yeah, Heat and yeah. six. I, I got think the me.
0: Heat are going to steal game one. I think this is the thing. They're going to steal. You mean game steal? One. We at home. we at the crib. That's a guarantee. That's supposed to be a dub. That's big dubs. Yeah, club. but, but no, but I say it in this way. The Celtics just came off a seven game series. They put everything they had into stopping Giannis. There's no Kyle Lowry. So it was like kind of both sides, but I think that if they can get this game, and you go into game two and the Celtics are like, all right, this is a must win for us. And now you have Kyle Lowry, right? I think that, you know, Miami can take some interesting momentum if they're able to, you know, shock the world and take these two games. Now you're going back to Boston, like, all right, what are we doing, you know? So yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be playoff Jimmy all activated. I can't wait to see it. I think we're gonna
1: beat this team. I, I really wanna say like, heat and five, but like, I, that's, that's, that's arrogant. I respect yeah. this Boston team a lot, but bro, They're proven. They've been to four conference finals in the past six years. That's very impressive. They've been to the last three. I really respect this Boston team, but I think this Heat team is just different, bro. I've watched this team so much, and the fact that we have, no lie, seven different players that can give you 20 points easily, that's crazy to me. Boston even can't match that. Boston has a lot of guys that can get 20, you know? Eric White, and a good night, you know, they're starting five, I'll give you 20 points, but one, first and foremost, can you expect Al Horford to give you what he gave you last series? No, you can't expect that, especially with this team, PJ and Bam beating his head in. I got something for you. I have a number in my mind. Let's see if you match up. Bam Adebayo should be taking blank mini shots per game.
0: Oh, man, he's got to be taking 13.
1: Lovely. I had 14 in my head. Guess how many shots yeah. he took in game six against Philadelphia? Just guess. Probably like seven, right? He took five shots against Philadelphia yeah, in yeah. and made all five. Yeah. He took seven shots in game five and made five. He took 12 shots in game three and made nine. You know what that means? He didn't shoot more fucking shots. I need Bam to get 16, 17 of them things up this series. If Bam out of bio is not aggressive, we're fucked because we need him to wear out Horford out. We need him to wear Grant Williams out. If Grant Williams is on you, Bam, go to work. Period. Anybody not named Robert Williams or Al Horford, I well, don't care if it's Tigers. because I'm not going to sit here and pretend Bam's in B, so he's not. Bam is not 7'2", 280. Bam's like 6'9", 250. He's, he's, he's a smaller dude. That's why he's such a good up defender as a center. But you're as athletic as shit. At this phase in his career, Al Horford cannot guard you, dog. I need Bam to show it. So if Bam shows up, I, I like our bench enough that we can hang with anybody. We're going to get a Jimmy game, guaranteed. We're going to get a Strews game. We're going to get a Tyler game. Will those lead the wins is the question. Because it's going to be Jimmy and blank every night. And one of those nights, Jimmy's not going to have it. Because Jimmy, I love him. He lives at the free throw line, which is dependable. But I, you can't depend on Jimmy to get 25 points every night. He's just not that level of score. He's just very aggressive and plays hard. So he's going to do good things. But if Jimmy has an 18, 16-point game, it wouldn't surprise me. That's his bag almost sometimes. So it's going to be a night where Jimmy doesn't have it. We need two guys to step up. All right, Vic, Tyler, great games. Y'all can like about 50 points. We won. We need stuff like that to happen for the Heat to have a chance in this series. But to me, Tatum's had some bad performances. Tatum's on a run right now. Tatum's game six and game seven was jaw-dropping that game six was one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life him and Giannis going back and forth That was incredible basketball. I really enjoyed it. The game six was so good. I ain't even mad We had a mid-game seven Sunday. I ain't even mad yeah. game six was that good so but that Tatum's not there every night I think it's gonna really be a fight man I think this is the kind of series where every you thought you thought that Milwaukee was physical They had Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton out there. We could have PJ and Jimmy out there this is just, just, this series is designed to get grimy. It's gonna be very physical. I wanna see the tone, how it's officiated earlier. That's gonna determine a lot too, but the Heat earned home court. I think I'm gonna say Heat and seven. You say Heat and six, I'll go Heat and seven. Um, I, I'm very aware going into this series that Boston could be the better team on paper and Boston's played better than us for a lot of this season. But I've watched a lot of this Heat team, man. You cannot bottle all five guys. Every single player on this team wants to shoot and get threes up. We shot by percentage the best in the NBA. Milwaukee wanted Boston to take threes. They, they begged Grant Williams, who, who shot 41% from three but this year, by the way. I just want to throw it out. Grant Williams shot 41% from three. And Bud was like, yeah, take 18 of those things. And guess what he shot? 38% from three. So, Bud, I don't know, bro. <laughs> um, but Milwaukee wants you to shoot threes. We want you to get nothing. We're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to switch two on the ball. We're going to trap. Oh, Taylor, you hit a bunch of threes in a row. We'll have fun. Give it to somebody else. Let's let, let's let, um, <laughs> you know what the Boston fans are calling Peyton Pritchard these days.
0: Man, I, I am not a fan of young Peyton. Shout out to the guy. He's doing his thing. Four threes in, you know, seven game, seven, but.
1: They call this man fast PP. A lot of you not. Boston Twitter's nickname for him is fast PP.
0: That's the oh, worst man. nickname
1: in the history it's of sports. Almost it's almost worse than uh than come Bucket, But that's definitely <laughs> the worst uh of all time. Kamiga <laughs> deserves better. And and quite frankly, for a fan favorite as Peyton Pitcher, he deserves better than Fast PP. But I mean it makes me laugh every time I say it. So maybe it's not that bad. Um, you know what the worst nickname of all time is? It's the servant. No offense to my Christian homies out there, but but I, I wouldn't be mad at the servant if slim reaper wasn't right there and he just you know what i'm saying right, like right, that, that's right. why i serve it serve is actually not that bad kind of tight but slim reaper is right there bro if you, you pick the wrong person on your shoulder yeah, you the wrong yeah. Shoulder.
0: but nah, i'm i'm with you I, I definitely you know and you you hit on a point too that you know this milwaukee butts defense for the entire regular season is just saying hey we're protecting the paint you can shoot as many threes as you want to and the Heat just aren't made that way. <laughs> They're not going to concede wide-open shots. They're not even just going to late contest. They're going to try to take away shots from your best shooter. So if, if you think about this Celtics team, when Jason Tatum can't get up seven, not eight, nine attempts, and he's limited to, you know, four to five, and Jalen Brown is limited to, you know, not 10 three-point attempts, it's four or five. You have to be so much more efficient. And then, and again, I think Al Horford and, you know, um, Grant Williams are going to get a little bit more credit than they deserve because they were shooting wide open threes, right? I don't think that the Heat are going to allow them to just literally just, you know, take their uh, time, look left and right. Like, they're not going to have those type of opportunities versus Miami Heat defense. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be a completely different landscape. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. It's going to be a ton of, a uh, ton of charges taken, unfortunately, a ton of Bodies at the floor, a bunch of texts. I can already see it, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's gonna be really competitive. But yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I think, uh, you know, Miami could potentially get this game, game one, they'll come back with a healthy Kyle Lowry, potentially get one in Boston. I think they could uh, win it on the home floor.
1: I'm so sick of seeing the Mavericks in the finals. <laughs> I'm so tired of seeing the Mavericks in the finals. As a Heat fan, the Mavs, I, I root for them. Like, I like Luka a lot, but sorry, bro, you're not getting this. I'm much more <laughs> afraid of, of Dallas than I am of Golden State. I think if you play Golden State, bro, they can't guard us. They do not have enough guys to guard all our guys. But oh, yeah. uh, I think Boston's the toughest team to have to play out of the remaining three teams. So this is the hardest uphill clown for us. Um, Of note that Miami's favorite in game one but Miami is is uh, not favorite for this series. Boston is the uh, betting odds uh, team, which is great for me and you. i got some money on this shit. i got money on my, my mouth is. I'm going for my team. I could never bet against my team anyway. But I do, luckily, can bet my team in good faith. I like what this team is doing. Let's take a second and rank the top six players in this series right now. So uh, I'll, I'll give Tatum one. I think it's Jimmy, but I think you both probably say Tatum one. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, blatantly easy too. Yeah, no question. Third best
0: player in this series, Tyler.
1: I mean, it's it should be like, just, just
0: personally. Like, if I'm picking a team, I'm gonna pick Bam, just personally. But you know, you can you can give you know uh, Jalen Brown probably a, a tough three if, if you're anybody else. So Bam, you for your team. so
1: Bam three, uh, Jalen four. So we got Tatum, Jimmy, Bam, Jalen. Who's five?
0: Uh, Tyler Hero.
1: So, you think Tyler Hero is better than Marcus Smart as constructed?
0: I think he's gonna be so much more valuable for the heat, man. Ooh. He takes the most shots Ooh. on there, he takes the most shots on this heat roster, besides Jimmy Butler.
1: Question and in some though, cases,
0: more than Jimmy Butler.
1: You know, it's crazy. I think I don't know if you're right, I think they're very close, but if you swapped out Marcus Smart and, and Tyler Hero on rosters. This would be, I'll be insane. This Marcus Smart is
0: the most Miami Heat player. That this not this Heat, heat team <laughs> would be first team all
1: goon completely. That if if you if you swapped out Tyler Hero for Marcus Smart, that might be the greatest defensive team of all put together of all time. Like straight up, like on paper. Like if they want they need the Morris
0: work. twins though. They need the Morris twins too. Oh
1: no, that would be the gooniest team. I'm talking about straight defense, no, no, no goon element, oh, just yeah, straight yeah, defense. Yeah, like
0: yeah.
1: Jimmy, PJ, Marcus Smart, Bam. Ooh.
0: Yeah, Kyle I was out of Marcus Smart at the end of the game, game six, when he just... Those those two plays killed me. That was I, I, tough.
1: His stock was very down, but then he came off swinging game seven to make you forget about what he did in game six. Yeah, he did his thing. Did oh, no, game thing. five, game five. Game five was yeah. a bad one. Game six really redeemed himself. But yeah, Drew Holiday took that shit personal. That's my award. Give me my shit. Drew should have been an all-star this year too instead of Chris Middleton. I want that said, even pre-injury. Drew had a better yeah. season as a buck this year than Chris Middleton did. I think Juhardi is better than Chris Middleton as well.
0: I'm just yeah, I, I mean, that's an interesting take. I mean, I just think about it, man. If you're you're shooting, you know, potentially a, a, a silent out of bound play it just got drawn up. You got the ball, you're driving to the rim, it's kind of an awkward angle, but you get blocked and get the ball thrown off you, and then the next play, you get your you lose, this, you lose the you lose the dribble. <laughs> he on, lost the dribble T. And instead of being he set himself up with that. I was talking like I was it. like, I said. <laughs> that's a hard bar, hard left hand with Marcus Smart. I do not trust it.
1: I was taught when you lose the ball, just gather that shit with two, pass it away. But no, right? Marcus right, tried to get. Yeah. I, can, I can get it, coach. I can get it. Swamp, give me that game.
0: Nah, it was talk that was the most scene. shocking play of the game. I did not see that coming at oh, all. Shit,
1: I I say I saw it coming, but I, you know, momentum's real sometimes, bro. That's um, great. that's all I really got for these series. It's nothing to talk about. I mean, it's a lot to talk about. I mean. The battle between Bam and Al alone is like scary. And then Kyle Lowry is going to be a big deal. I like a lineup where we can do Oladipo, uh, Martin, or Oladipo, Struess, Jimmy, PJ Bam. Lineups like that where there's no one to pick on. That's the biggest thing is if Tyler Hero is in the game making an impact, who is he going to guard in the other end? I guess you can hide him on Marcus Smart, like, and guard Marcus, because Marcus Smart can bully Tyler a little bit, but Marcus Smart's post game isn't really what it's known for. And if we have Boston doing Marcus Smart post outs, we won, in my opinion. Like, that's what we want them to be doing. So I'm not sure where Boston takes advantage. I, I guess you can always just go for the switch. He's on, just bring Tatum up, switch it. Now I got Hero on I me, mean, which is barbecue chicken. I'm gonna be honest, Hero fights, but you can't guard Tatum, you can't really guard anybody on this roster. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm worried about. Is our, is our, I am worried about Miami's half court scoring. And if we have Tyler Hero in to boost said half court scoring, will he be a lick? Because <laughs> he will be. And Boston yeah. doesn't have anybody they play consistently besides Fast PP <laughs> that, uh, that would be a lick. So if Boston doesn't play Peyton Pritchard and only play Derek White. Uh, I don't know who you pick on because picking on Jalen Brown is the, probably the best option. That's not fun Jalen Brown's a good defender. So I am curious about who's gonna play second third with Jimmy But I think it's gonna be Jimmy and, and Max and Jimmy and damn this game then Jimmy and Tyler I think it will be Jimmy insert supporting cast member But Oladipo is an X-factor He can be a top 10 player in this series for both teams so If that happens We're looking scary and Vic looks good, man Athletically mentally, he looks very very good. He's gonna give us very good. Man. I think people sleep on the heat man I'll leave it at that. Uh, I think you've been underrated all season and I think this is another part of evolution of that so I yeah. got heat. Um I wish we got a little bit more in the golden state, but I don't have too much to say I think you're right about clay nine garden the the team's best guy anymore um, I think Mavs really do have that one, so we are on the same page, bro. We both are picking the underdogs in each series. That's the bottom of the net way. That's how we gonna do it. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. announce to our listeners that Tyler lost our bottom of the bat. He's 0 and 2 this postseason that I picked Boston. Down bad, He's He down terrible. <laughs> Only 20, but he down, but but mentally, the edge is all mine. I I'm going to get it
0: all back when I take Mavs over the heat in this interview. You fucking asshole. I hope you do. I hope
1: the, you can double it up. And when the heat went out want my shit in cash, all ones. You got a job down in Richmond from Fredericksburg and delivery all ones. Straight 40. Oh, man. Um,
0: quarters. No, you, <laughs> hey, I want quarters.
1: Hey, I'll hit a circuit like, can I get a swap out, dog? Um, we'll make it happen. But you know, there's a lot of things to talk about. A lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of things, but I need one. I need, I need one. Hey,
0: man. So, um, it's it's uh it's something that I don't talk about enough, man. But um, I'm gonna give a huge shout out to Atlanta. Um, I I got super into this new season, kind of kind of late. Binged a few episodes, um, over the weekend. But what's your favorite right I now? I don't know. I, I think look, man, that that the, the Trini, man, <laughs> Trini to the bone, Trini to the bone, man. And and it's it's for a better reason because my fiance is Jamaican and Trinidadian. She was so. probably weak, bro. I know she was weak. <laughs> So I actually had to describe the episode to her because she didn't see it, but and she's not a huge fan of the Donald Glover or specifically Atlanta. But I just I was describing the show and she kind of smirked and laughed. So I was like, I think I got it in if we start with this one specific episode. It's perfect. It was cool, man. They they kind of really did a good job of like bringing actual. Like Trinidadian culture into an oh, episode yeah. that really kind of in the show in general is just not about that, right? But this one specific fixed environment, you know, you're able to kind of see the dialect and the songs and how you know those interactions are where you know somebody of the family, but that you funeral. don't really have that good relationship with them. Bro, yeah, it's an awkward environment. Yeah, and as
1: someone whose family has been in that caretaker role, I have family to me has been in that caretaker role before. It's it's like it's fucked up, but it's true. Given yep. the history of our country, you know, black women have raised white children. It's not some kind of rare thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For those who yeah. are kind of lost, just please watch Atlanta. It's amazing. But yo, Chet Hanks at the funeral I said, "Ah, oh, it's a bad girl. It's a bad thing <laughs> going on." Man. I was like, "This
0: nigga Chet Hanks. Come on, they on thin ice.
1: They on thin ice with their guest spots this yeah. year." But Chet Hanks yeah. was fucking hilarious, and he, he was dead ass. Like you know, he was yeah. like, "You want me?" To act yes i can speak patois yeah come come on come on chat yeah. this is what you're made for he killed that role that fucking weirdo yeah, but one little man wanted that curry from the fridge and the, and, and, and <laughs> mango, like, mango pineapple spice <laughs> yeah and then and pops it one bite like, oh spicy oh yeah, and then yeah. and then the, and then lo- i was in church like yes praise god amen amen and that little was like, boy amen. was so wholesome that little boy was so cute bro That episode yeah, was so man. good what a great episode it was really re- weird though but um you haven't seen the newest one. I haven't seen episode nine. Have you seen episode eight when they're in Amsterdam? Good episode. No,
0: I gotta, that, I gotta get that, and nine.
1: Eight, I haven't seen nine either, eight's very, uh-huh. very good. Atlanta's it's a yeah. good show. This season's been different, but I really have enjoyed it. The reparations episode really got me. Um, a lot of those episodes really got me, man. Shout out Atlanta, bro. Uh, it's a, this season's been very underrated. i have not much buzz about it. I haven't heard much about it for real, but it's a another consistently excellent episode of TV. Hero MaY is I hate to take over your one thing, but we both appreciating this good shit. But Hero is already directing this shit, directing his ass off. And yep. then uh yeah, very good episode. Trying Tun- to the bone. That episode was crazy and yep. it's just like it. New York, man. Um, that's why it's so good, cause Atlanta is a, a big enough city everyone's in atlanta everybody from everywhere is going to be in atlanta at some point but it's still a very black southern american city so yeah. to have that go, go to new york and get a little you know different vials is perfect um yeah very good season of tv um my one thing will probably be a movie go figure is going to be that um tony hawk documentary to the wheels fall off um I'm a guy who Sound like a poser here I did very little bit of skating I didn't skate very long or very hard But I just appreciate Skate culture To me Skate culture Is as punk as it gets It's very hip hop as well It's almost a pillar of the culture bro I really fuck with skateboarding And Tony Hawk While not a street skater Per se Is like We all grew up with Tony Hawk My mom was a Tony Hawk is. If you know you know And Tony man I learned a lot about the man um, Cool documentary I think it's called To the wheels fall off Like I said um, Came out very recently, I think it's on um, HBO Max. Just a really good documentary. Um, I learned a lot about the man. Like, he was just a smaller, skinny dude. He couldn't, like, half of the shit he he invented over 100 tricks, first of all. He invented over 100 tricks. And the shit he invented came from necessity almost. Like, the other dude's skater were just bigger and stronger than him. They can get out the bowl. He had to ollie out the bowl to get more air to do his shit. And that ended up pioneering the game even further you know, the Bones Brigade, they're classic films of Peralta. I mean, you got Lance Mountain, you got, you know, Rodney Mullen, you got Tony Hawk, you got, you know, Steve Caballero. Like, the, all the OGs are in that documentary. A lot of those guys skated in bread ones, I might add, which is fire. Shout out Lance Mountain <laughs> particularly, he skated some shit of Jordan ones, and 80, 85 Jordan ones too, so you, them ones, you know. Um, yeah. But overall, it was a great documentary. I really enjoyed it. I uh, learned a lot about Tony Hawk, man. It's it's like so much deeper than just a video game. This dude really pioneered a lot of shit. And it's inspirational in a way. He is, if I could call it like Skateboards Kobe in a way. Like the dude is 51, 52 years old, constantly throwing his body to the ground over and over again in pursuit of perfection. And it's inspirational, bro. Like, I mean, he, he everybody in that documentary, everybody of the original Bones Brigade, they all still skate. And they all talk about it like yo, we are doing a sport that we love, but it's making our lives shorter. They're all in pain. They all limp. They're all like they're stiff. They they hurt. They broken every bone you can imagine. But they love to the skate, so they keep doing it. And it's a really poignant point in the documentary. I'll leave it here before we gotta wrap it up. But like Stacy Peralta, the OG of those guys who had the Peralta team, you know, when they got the reunion for this classic film they put out called The Search of Um Monkey Chin or something like that. They did a reunion 25 years later doing all the same tricks but the og's and they're kind of freestyling a little bit doing their thing they were bail out you know they am too old for this shit. i got a mortgage they're gonna be a bailout yeah tony did not bail out bro the man's committed to everything at his big age and what's crazy is tony hawk had an interview on mark marin the dead documentary came out this man broke his femur his thigh bone man broke his femur that's crazy and all he's thinking about is how he can get back on the board and skate again he got like four kids you know what i'm saying like his son Riley Hawk skates for Baker and is like a grown our age and this man out here yeah. the dad still going hard. Inspirational shit. It's hard to be long winded but it's, it's it's a very motivating documentary. It's like one of those things that make you want to do whatever you do harder because it's, it's right. Boring. Right. So yeah man it's called to the wheels fall off. It's a Tony Hawk documentary. If you have a casual interest in extreme sports or skateboarding or know who Tony Hawk is worth a watch.
0: That's what's up man. I used to, uh, used to do a little a little skating in my day, not, yeah. not a ton of it, but uh, not, not a thing you can do when you're an athlete. You know they say, stay away from the wheels. <laughs> you got to, bro. But, uh, you got
1: yeah, to. Uh, we? You had any tricks in your bag? You have anything?
0: Dog, dog I, I could, I could barely get an ollie up, man. I was not a trick. Uh, okay, okay, you was just cruising. But, okay. Uh, I just had my supreme deck, trying to be cool. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> you, you were a
1: teeny bopper. Okay, you. <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Love it, man. I had my all future deck. You know what I'm
1: saying? Okay, okay. I mean, no,
0: nothing crazy.
1: No skate, no man. Those, you, probably, you still got those decks? those probably worth some money, man. You throw them on the wall.
0: I gave away one of mine to my cousin. He still has it, but uh, it's, okay. it's in the archive somewhere.
1: As Longs as is getting used. It's all in the game because those are either artwork or getting used. Still, I'm all about it. But that's all the time we got. For real, for real. Fuck Zoom. Um, really good pod, man. It's really good stuff. Pardon my friends, y'all. But this is gonna be really fun. We have four teams that are like. Pretty even. Now you could tell me any combination of finals pairings, and I probably believe you. It's pretty uh pretty straightforward. I like how where it's going, so uh, I'm excited for the future.
0: Yes, indeed, we got more coming. Definitely keep uh sharing the pod, Send us your love, questions, feedback, good, bad, or different. Keep uh, rocking out. Uh, we appreciate y'all for listening. Have a great week.
1: We appreciate y'all. Take care.